0: hello or ho ho no it might be too early to lay out the best crockery polish up the cutlery pour the champagne and bang a turkey in the oven maybe i'm wrong perhaps champagne is your drink of choice whatever the season well whatever you're drinking you're very welcome at the table thank you for listening thank you for joining me for table conversation the podcast where we're tipping the world towards love one conversation at a time with me i am craig story So how are you? How are you doing this week? I hope it's been a good one. It's getting rather chilly out there, isn't it? And it's getting to those dark mornings, dark nights where you leave for work in the dark, you get home and it's dark and you don't even see daylight. In some ways, I quite like it. I quite like this time of year. I get up early and it's still dark outside and I light little candle and the world's just coming to life and it's just candlelit. It's just cosy and I quite like it. It does take your thoughts towards Christmas, doesn't it? If you do celebrate Christmas, then it feels like it's getting closer when we come to this turn of year. And I'm going to answer the question of the title of the podcast, should we cancel Christmas right now? the answer in my opinion is no and i'm not planning on cancelling christmas but i am going to be talking about that during the episode today and some reasons why i think you shouldn't cancel christmas either and just when we thought things were quietening down and covid wasn't made, making the headlines every single day it was the petrol shortages or the not even the petrol shortages the panic buying that led to shortages or Um, the issues around the supply chain and HGV drivers and there not being enough of those drivers to take orders into the stores and we're starting to see some empty gaps on some of the shelves. Some of our products are missing and some products can't even get into the country because there's such a backlog at some of our ports where the shipping containers are lining up so that was dominating the headlines and the conversation and should we really cancel Christmas because we can't get our, a certain type of turkey on the table or that we can't get a certain gift let's talk about that in a moment there's another dark Christmassy sparkly cloud that's heading our way at the moment as well it's COVID it's back um, as in terms of the headlines, the talk, the the demands for more restrictions. Oh, do you know, I I started to get that like churny stomach kind of feeling when I saw some of the, the headlines, some of the demands and some of the things on social media that people are sharing about what's going on. There was a briefing this week with Sajid Javid, the health secretary. And oh, I just thought, no, we can't do this again, please. I can't face this type of talk all over again and we've been here before and we've looked at the headlines and we've delved into the data for ourselves and looked a bit a little bit deeper into it. and it seems like the government are actually doing that and sticking by their word at the moment but some of the media channels are starting to twist their demands onto to more restrictions it's like oh okay we'll move on we've had a little break from this so let's bring it all back up again and we'll talk about that and what it means for us and what it means for christmas and what is really going on and project fear it's back and we've been here before it's like groundhog years now not even groundhog days and <sighs> I I've had enough. I'm done, and you know what? I I really am done with it, and I won't be canceling Christmas for any kind of rules or regulations. I think many of us last year complied publicly and said we were complying, and it even seems that allegedly Boris and Carrie were complying with Christmas restrictions last year. It's sort of come out that they had somebody around their place that they shouldn't have had, allegedly, supposedly, um, and I think many people did exactly the same thing. It was people were interpreting their rules in their own different ways because we the compliance level was just gone at that point and I don't know, let's talk about it anyway, we'll have a little talk about that but my answer to the question is I don't think we should cancel Christmas for anything this year, we really need it, we need um, some joy and some positivity and something to actually look forward to so let's have a little talk about all of that and let's, let's delve into it for ourselves and see what the real story is and um make our own interpretation of what the data is rather than some of the headlines and I'll talk about this book that I read it's an ideal opportunity for you to read it if you haven't read it already it's a book by Laura Dodsworth and it's called A State of Fear How the UK Government Weaponized Fear during the COVID-19 pandemic and there's some brilliant examples and because I've, I've read that book and I've seen the the language and the talk before about protecting vulnerable people protecting our NHS and those kind of words that are used to to get public buying and to to make people feel guilty about about their behavior and to comply with what what they want you to do at that point it's 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 given me a different spin on on what I'm seeing right now, I can I'm recognising it before it's even happening. So, so let's have the conversation and let's see what you have to say or what you think about it all too. So, just as the army have gone back after bringing in their... Bringing in their support for the tanker driver shortage during the the petrol crisis, and I mean there wasn't even a shortage of petrol, all but three garages it came out in the end, wasn't it? But the the headlines and the chat about it that passed around drove some people to sort of desperation that they were queuing for hours to get petrol, even filling up um, plastic bottles, not even official jerry cans, whatever you you fill them up with. So, so by the sounds of it, we might be needing the army again there because we've got shortages of HGV drivers, and there are supply chain issues. And the predictions are they're going to go on for weeks and the months ahead and that's an impact for food, farming, abattoirs, the low carbon dioxide supply there as well. There's problems with the turkey farming and we're going to talk about all of that just now. So there are supply chain issues which could also affect toys, electronics, bikes, all of that thing. And I think that we have been warned that everything from Christmas trees and toys um, to the traditional turkey fees could be at risk this year. If that's the important bit of Christmas for you, then there is a risk with all of that, they're saying. The government have brought in further measures. They were introduced in a bid to to tackle some of these supply chain issues. and it's not just food production and food distribution. As we said, it's hitting the hindrances across the whole of the UK. And that has led to some early panic buying. Again, people have been stocking up on frozen turkeys. People have been buying their presents early. One story that I read last week just baffled me because almost half a million shoppers apparently stocked up on Christmas puddings in September. Unless people just like Christmas puddings at any time of the year. It was up 76% on the same time last year. And that's from Consumer Research. Around 449,000 puddings were bought last month and it was not the only surge in festive spending. Toy sales actually rose by 5% and spending on gift wrap products was up by 10%. Now this guy, Fraser McKevitt, he's the head of retail and consumer insight at data firm Kantar. He said, it's important to say these are still relatively small numbers and anxiety around supply issues has not translated into panic buying festive or otherwise. So that's some positive news to hear from someone who's an insider and a bit of an expert in that kind of thing. I think after last year's dismal um Christmas and it effectively being cancelled, if you can actually cancel Christmas, I think we're all we've got so much expectation on this year that it's going to be better than last year. Um, and we just don't want it to be disrupted for a second year running. And with that in mind, Beth Rigby of Sky News, she asked Boris to predict Um, what this Christmas would be like so here's what he had to say Christmas let me tell you this Beth I make you a a very confident prediction that this Christmas will be considerably better than last well that was a low bar (laughs) because you cancelled it last year I'm just telling you it's gonna it's gonna be much much better I'm glad he finds it funny but there you go it depends whether you trust Boris and whether you believe he's a man of his word or not if he is a man of his word then he says it right there it's It'll be better than last year, but like like, um, Beth said, last year was a pretty low bar to make a comparison against. But why is it happening? So firstly, there are uh, several factors that come into play apparently with this supply chain issue. Firstly, there aren't enough HGV drivers and um, there's multiple reasons for that as well and it's a problem that's across Europe and also across um, America as well there's a shortage of drivers there too we're apparently short of 100,000 drivers here in the UK France are 40 to 50,000 short not as bad as us but still pretty bad and in America like I said they've got the same kind of problems we also have an issue with um, not having enough drivers in terms of um, the ageing of those drivers and the retirement of some of those drivers that haven't been replaced and also COVID, um, the testing for the HTG drivers and the training was all put on pause while we we're in lockdown so you can't expect then to suddenly catch up with six, nine, ten months worth of testing within a few weeks so that's had an impact on that as well. There's also new immigration rules affecting drivers which we've seen made they've made changes to that in the last couple of weeks and hopefully that will be in time so the the change that's been made that they've given five thousand temporary visas to foreign lorry drivers and um so hopefully that will be in time that it can can make a difference to to the supply chain and the distribution of the things that we we want and we need in christmas other reasons for shortages of um, food production is the the energy price is rising, and that's added to the cost of um, some of the food production and the logistics of that as well. There's also the backlog at the ports that I told you about. All those shipping containers, some of them were diverted from the UK because. There wasn't enough drivers to get the shipping containers. My poor mum must have a a backlog of parcels from Wish that she's waiting to come in from China. Um, I'm not sure she normally has one every other day that arrives with some random stuff in there. I don't even like to ask what's in in those parcels, but um, they've been diverting some of these supersized cargo vessels packed with all the Christmas goods because there just isn't enough space there. So that's another reason why things are being held up at the moment covid restrictions in east asia as well they've delayed holding up some of the items and some of those things being produced should we be panicking though um i don't know we're seeing staff shortages across the board aren't we in terms of um, pubs and restaurants some restaurants and pubs are only opening for food on certain days or hotels are only opening for residents only at the moment. A lot of those people maybe are working in test and trace or they're working um, in vaccination centres and they're held up in different areas now and earning money from doing something that's probably a little bit easier than waiting on tables or working behind a bar i don't know i just get that story from some of the pubs and restaurants that i visit don't know how true it is or how many people are affected by that and of course it's not all pubs and restaurants some are open as normal and many are open as normal in fact um other reasons why there's a delay or shortage of some items is there's a reduced flight schedule for cargo which is placing pressure on the ports. so we're getting extra cargo coming into the ports in these super-sized vessels and um, that can't be then redistributed. So so there is a lot more to it. And it's something that's happening in the, some places around the world. And I think there's it's like a synergy of events that are happening that are all lining up to cause some kind of issues. And we're told um, in the broadcast media, in newspapers or snippets you might see on social media that people share, if you don't do any of the news, that panic buying is not the answer. It is so hard to resist though and it's hard not to get involved i mean the in the supermarkets they've all got all of their christmas ranges in some of them are actually encouraging um actually inviting us to buy now to avoid possible shortages closer to the day they want to rack up the takings already and you see the christmas puddings the mince pies the frozen turkeys are there so they're being sold so like i said it is really hard to resist and even toys toy shop the entertainer they urge shoppers to get organized and the founder of those stores gary grant he said that um shoppers if you know what you want to buy your child don't be chasing around the country in december so yeah that's all well and good if you've got the money right now to be doing your christmas shopping and that's not the case for every family is it and i i don't know if people haven't got that money together and it always makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable all this um for some families that don't have the higher income so they can't pre-plan. And if you have got little ones or little ears around you at the moment, maybe you want to pop on some headphones or just give the podcast a pause for a moment because I'm going to talk about um, the big man himself, Santa. And... It, the reason I sometimes feel a little bit uncomfortable is because we, we have this story that's given to us from a young age, don't we? That if we're good, we're well behaved then Santa will give us everything that we, we wish for in our, our Christmas list. And that's not the case for every child, is it? And some children, some children hear that story and there's no way that their parents can get some of the presents they have put on their Christmas list. And how you tackle that, thank goodness. I'm um, well, not thank goodness, but I don't have children. So it's not something that I have to even consider, but... I can imagine that's pretty tough that you wake up on, you see a child wake up on Christmas morning and they're disappointed that they haven't got the present that they really wanted and they've behaved, they've done everything they should have done at school. Um, so yeah, and again, it's the same experience if you, you haven't got the money to go out there and do all of your Christmas shopping now when you've been building and saving for that, then it's, it's not the same experience for everyone yet again, isn't it? And just like some of the restrictions we're going to talk about in the second part of the podcast it's the people with less that oft, are often more affected. Just the same with food shortages and panic buying. It's For some people, they live week by week and they can't afford to do a month shopping in, in one day because that's just not their budget. So yeah, panic buying is selfish, isn't it? But like I said, it's very hard to resist when it's all there and you're being told there's not going to be much of it for much longer, whether that's true or not. Or Is it just another level of fear because COVID wasn't scaring us at that point? So let's scare everyone by telling that Christmas is not going to be anything on the shelves. They're not going to get any food. Well, we'll see how it goes. And um, I think we should take something from the head of Food and Drink Federation, Ian Wright. He says the UK consumer could have previously expected just about any product that they wanted to be on the supermarket shelf or in the restaurant all of the time that's over and I don't think it's coming back. So if you are in particularly wanting the the bronzed bacon laden turkey and it's only a particular brand that you like or it's a certain gift that you need for your child and it's the only gift they ever want, maybe you're not going to be able to get the specifics this year. Maybe you might have to downgrade the turkey or you might have to get a completely different present but I don't know. I think that, that I think we're so used to just getting everything in an instant. It's really hard to readjust our mindset to not being able to get exactly what we want. But really, is it that important? Some of the things, as long as we've got something. Game, the retailer, a couple of years ago, they released their Christmas dinner. Maybe this is the answer to it all. A Christmas dinner in a tin, and you even get breakfast with it. So it's got layers starting with scrambled egg and bacon two mince pies turkey and potatoes gravy bread sauce cranberry sauce brussels sprouts with stuffing um you get roast carrots and parsnips and christmas pudding there is a vegan version too and it's all £1.99 so that was invented by the masterminds at the the retailer game apparently it was been brought out because it's popular with gamers they were inundated with requests um, for vegan and vegetarian alternatives that they come up with it's because Gamers, apparently 43% of gamers said they'd spend the majority of the Christmas holidays on their consoles and they didn't want to break away from it to even have Christmas dinner. So if it looks like it's going to be too much effort to cook, maybe you could just get a tin of that and warm it up. Not sure what it would taste like or whether I want to try it myself, but it's there. But if it meant I had to eat that, but I could be around the table with my friends, family, and I probably would give it a go. I'd just wash it down with some wine. I think that would get me through that Christmas dinner. If anyone does try it, you must let me know what it was like. Um, Other things that are still going ahead, the Birmingham German Frankfurt Market, that's still going ahead this year. starts on the 4th of November. Um, There's Winter Wonderland in London's Hyde Park. That's still going ahead this year. And after over a year of missing out and missing the whole of last year's panto season, pantomimes are back. So... That's there. Christmas skating—you can go skating at Manchester Winter Funland, and also Somerset House in London—is one of the places that's reopened. So, Christmas cancelled. Christmas can't be cancelled. It's a religious festival. It's the the consumerism that's going to be at risk of being cancelled. But even that, things are still going to be there. But it just might not be the brand, or it might not be the exact thing that you you were hoping for um and it's like this isn't it it's one week one story one next day another story and one of the stories also affecting shortages is this shortage of carbon dioxide which is what they use to humanely slaughter um animals so the turkey the pork the pigs um so there's been a shortage of that and for those farmers it must be absolutely horrific when they've got these schedules of breeding and um, ready for the animals, ready for slaughter. It must and there, there's a backlog of animals in some of these farms, so it must be awful. But again, that's something that could affect whether you get your exact turkey or that piece of roast pork that you want. Or, like I said, um, it's it's just another story, another day, isn't it? Then you don't hear about anything, and you still go to the supermarket. I was in the supermarket yesterday. There were there weren't any fresh turkeys at this stage, but they were there in the freezer plenty of them Um, so don't go out and panic buy and that's the advice isn't it to buy normally and there'll be no shortage of gifts and really the biggest gift after last year if you did adhere to all of the restrictions and you didn't see family over Christmas and you were separated around the world or even just separated around the country then that's going to be the biggest gift to you isn't it being together again and all of this talk including some of the things that I've said myself I think that we need to have a long hard think about what christmas actually is about and is it about the family and friends around the table um, the time together with friends in the build-up to christmas does the dinner really matter does it matter what it actually is um I, I did actually say to my sister who's planning on hosting christmas day this year that just give me beans on toast if that's all we can have and we can sit around and have a laugh and a talk about it um i, I would be disappointed if there wasn't any wine but I'd live with it and it it would just be nice that we're there together and as a family and just spending that time together. And kids must have presents. We've had these for years, haven't we, where there's been certain products. Remember... Buzz Lightyear was one of them um, quite a few years ago now where parents were traipsing around the country trying to get hold of them. I've had messages from friends. I live really close to a retail park, so I've had messages from friends in the past. Can you dash round to Smith's Toy Store right now because there's a a figure that I need um, for little Johnny, made up name. Um, So can you get round there? So there's always been these must-haves that we just can't get hold of and maybe that's going to be the same again this year for some certain products. But we still have the time off from work. We'll still have the time off from our, our busy lives. If you do, don't do have to work Christmas, then you'll have that, that time away. And I don't know. I think that's important, isn't it? And um, that's the, the real meaning of Christmas to me is spending time with the people that I love and care at the most. And even if it's just flicking on a film with a bag of popcorn and <laughs> doing that in those cosy times with candles lit... Um, And if it means that I can't go out to a restaurant because they're not open on that night because they haven't got enough staff, then I'll just open up the can of chicken tinner. It really is people that are the most important thing. And with that in mind, just when we think it's safe and we think that we're going to have this Christmas where we can get together at the moment, there is no change from the government, but there is a change in the stories that are breaking within the media once again. And then they get shared out and you start to get that roid kind of feeling like, oh, what's ahead now? What's coming next? What what's going to be hitting us? Because this isn't doesn't seem to be over, and I, I'm starting to believe it only it's only over when we start saying no to some of these things that get brought in. So it started with um, COVID cases are rising, with testing is also rising. I've got some statistics around that, um, but on the flip side of it, not many people I speak to are, are that interested anymore. It's it's not generating the same level of fear or panic. Um, a lot of more people are starting to say, "Actually, no, I'm over it. I'm done with it." And it, I think it's because it's been saturated, and that's not the virus. I think it's the effects of the media. And I'm, I'm not saying that you should get over it and not not be cautious, and and be not be reckless. But at the same time, how much more of this fear mongering can we actually stomach? And I think we are done with it. Well, I can only speak for myself and the people that I've been chatting to this week. And um, I'm recording the podcast um, late this week because I wanted to speak and be as as relevant as possible about what's actually going on at the moment. Um, Last week, I was working in Sweden and I landed into Stockholm airport and there was a group ahead of me and their, their testing, ways they do testing there is slightly different, and you can have a test, it's a, a guidance or a recommendation for some destinations, um, you can have a, a PCR or an antigen test on when you land, and it's a bit like, remember years ago when there used to be touts for tours, or touts for transfer taxes, well this was um, touts for testing, and there was a group ahead of me, I think there's three girls, one guy, and um, they were just walking ahead of me, and Somebody testing, do you want more, te- do you want to come here for your testing? And the the lead of the the girls just turned around and says, we don't care anymore. And again, whether that you believe that's the right attitude or not, I'm not saying not to care, but I just think that the whole thing has been saturated now, the fear and the worry. And I think people have started to move on. So it's almost like the lead is being halted back a little bit um, to get back into line. And that's how... It seems to be transpiring at the moment. And in fairness, it, it, it's not coming from the government. They actually seem quite calm at the moment. And I did watch some of the briefing the other night. And at the current time, the government have ruled out lockdown, whether you, you trust that. Um, I, I just think it'd be a never-ending cycle. I just don't understand how anyone can make these calls for this to happen. And if, if we went into a full lockdown or had restrictions on what we could do in terms of closing down or restricting hospitality or restaurants or um, restricting travel again, then that affects our economy. That affects how much money is coming into the country. Also affects how much tax is being paid. Would it mean then we have to have the reintroduction of a furlough type scheme again um, to fund the people that aren't able to go to work because these restrictions are stopping them from going to work? Um, So... How can we fund an economy and fund an NHS that we're trying to protect by doing all of that? And it's just a never-ending cycle, isn't it? Because then we have less money that are paid in taxes, more money's going out because more people are requiring support from the government in terms of their own personal funding. So then the, there isn't any money to support or to strengthen or to grow the NHS. So then the next winter, do we just keep doing this same cycle over and over again? Is that is that what how we really want to live? And it seems to me when you read some of the people that are calling out for more restrictions, there are people that are very comfortable in in their jobs and they're quite happy to work from home that they haven't been affected financially or their employment hasn't been affected. Um, and I think that's I don't know, I think it's just very selfish to not think about the broader picture and As someone, I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm in a comfortable position, but my income has been been and was affected by the restrictions. I live by myself, so the mental capacity of being on your own 24-7 during those first few lockdowns was pretty tough. And I think part of that sicky feeling when I get when people talk about restrictions or lockdowns is because of that, because... It was a tough time and I I think from, I'm not on my own when I say that, I know many people myself, I've seen stories, heard stories about how bad it was for some people and I think that's why I remember that and I I don't like thinking about having to do that again. And I don't think for some of these people that call out for it would be, if they weren't working in public sector jobs and they were living in one bedroom flats running a cafe or a bar or a restaurant... Um, then they'd soon have a change of opinion in in what they want and how they want this all to play out. So bringing it back to what we're talking about before, we're talking about Christmas and what type of Christmas we'll experience this year. Um, that, that's also part of this nervous restriction. We're talking of plan B's, plan C's, restrictions and all these questions about what, what should we do about Christmas? And it's like, please just let us have some time with our friends and family or without all of this going on in the background, because we could still have that time with our friends and family if we choose to do that. If we say no, we're going to carry on and do do what we want to do. Um, and I think it's a time again where I remember going through this before and it took me a bit longer to start looking and delving into some of the statistics. But because I could recognise what was coming, I, I did start looking deeper. And sometimes I do find it a bit draining, but it puts it all into the best place and puts in into some perspective. Um, and like I said, the lockdown for myself or restrictions on who I can see and what I can do when I live by myself does bring a bit of doom towards me and we have been here before it's the same patterns Um, the media as I said are demanding restrictions or telling the stories of people that are demanding restrictions and they're batting back and forth with their opinions as well and remember one person from the NHS is not the NHS calling or demanding that we reimpose mass mandates or the NHS are saying we're in crisis. It's one person isn't the whole of the NHS. We have to remember that. And they seem determined to increase the fear and panic. And some statistics that are found here from the 18th of October 2020, um, we carried out 306,893 tests. The 18th of October 2021, so this year, we carried out 911,000 550 tests, so three times almost as many tests as we were testing, uh, carrying out this time last year. Out of those last year, we had 17,000 positive cases. This year, 43,738 positive cases. So more tests, more positive cases. Funny that, isn't it? Major difference though. Last year, 18th of October 2020, there were 5,202 people taking COVID beds in hospitals. This year. 828 so not less than a fifth of the amount of beds that are being taken up right now so cases are soaring because testing is soaring and is it really that hard to to correlate the two between why would they want to tell a story that's so negative and causing so much distress to people when you a, a basic search for those statistics they're there they're on government websites so there you go there's a the comparison and More tests means more positive cases. Talking of tests, there are so many lazy comparisons as well to the rest of Europe. Or they claim that the rest of Europe is just Italy, France and Germany. Do they not realise there's 20 odd other countries within Europe? And if you actually make comparisons to countries like Romania and include those in the whole of the EU, um, then we're actually not faring that bad. And in terms of how many tests we've done, when you look at the league table on worldometers.info, for the whole of Europe, we are number one in the whole of Europe for the amount of tests that we've carried out. I mean, secondly in that league table is Russia, and there's still hundred and twenty million <laughs> less tests than what we've done. And France, who are number three, have done less than half the amount of testing that we've done. So is it any wonder that we've got more positive cases when we are doing so much more testing? Some would argue that it's deaths that we should really look at. How many people are actually dying and when you compare it to the the rest of the eu um there's we're basically the same, so there's no reason for any restrictions based on our lives at this current time and I think that's what the government is trying to say and I think that um there was a health minister Edward Argar, and he said that the NHS is not under unsustainable pressure they, they just no justification for any restrictions at this current time so why the media are portraying this story and twisting things (laughs) why i don't know it sells newspapers it gets people watching we're we're all pre-aligned we're pre-programmed to go for those fearful stories but i think that it's just going over the line now isn't it there's just too much of it so why they're doing it i don't know is it why these individuals doing it is it for own personal gain is it activism? Are they anti-government? They're trying to create trouble. I I really don't understand it. And again, this minister told BBC Breakfast there were 95,000 beds in NHS hospitals. 7,000 of those were occupied by COVID patients. And 6,000 beds are currently empty. So it doesn't seem to me that the NHS needs saving right at this moment. And if I was working in the NHS, rather than calling for more lockdowns, there should be calling out for some support and, and more funding and some more reforms and changes the way the NHS does, does things. Because COVID isn't going anywhere. It's going to be with us forever now, isn't it? We know that. And talking off funding, one statistic that I found this week, so a bit of information, that um, the government spending increase in general practice, so your GPs, was £4.39 per person in England. And Test and Trace works out at about £325 per person per year. So is it time that we switch that around, Spent £4.39 in Test and Trace and switch the £325 into the GP service? So we can get more access to, to doctors and we can have more face-to-face appointments. I'm not saying you shouldn't be careful or you shouldn't care. And um, there are still vulnerable people out there. There are people that have been living restrictively because of the fear of COVID and what it could do to their health. Then I'm, I'm saying you should take the precautions you feel necessary and based on the information you have. And if you're in a crowded space with strangers and getting closer than two meters, then they do recommend wearing a mask. Um, But it's personal choice again, isn't it, at the moment? And it was actually (laughs) Sajid Javid, who um, doesn't wear a mask in the enclosed House of Commons. He's urged everyone to wear a mask in enclosed spaces. So mixed messaging. But (laughs) you've got to make sure that you do follow the guidance where you, you feel it is necessary. And you feel that it's protecting you or those that you love and care about around you. And we know that it's getting too much for all of us to hear now. And the, the trust in the mainstream media is diminishing and people are looking to alternatives and maybe going down dark holes or, I don't know, I think it, it's partly responsible for this increase in hate online as well and it's driven by people's insecurities or not having their voices heard or they don't feel a sense of belonging and nobody's speaking what they want to say and or how they're feeling um, and it's being perpetuated by the media um, and so I think they really need to look at the, the the root cause of where some of this online hatred is coming from. And I think this does feed into this because we are, we've had enough of it. It's getting too much. We're 19 months into it. Um, it's an endemic virus now, and there's nothing we can do to control a virus. We can take all of these precautions. They can think they control it by the measures that they bring in and what they do. It comes in waves and it goes in waves. We've seen it. It's played out and we just have to learn to live with this, and it shouldn't be a reason for us to cancel Christmas, it shouldn't be a reason for us to cancel seeing each other and spending that time with our families, with our friends, with the people that we care about, and if you need anything more to prove to you that things are actually okay, we're still way below the best case scenario that was predicted by the SAGE scientists for, for the restrictions being lifted completely, so I don't think I think we're in a a pretty good place at the moment. And I think that if you take your eyes away from the television or take your eyes away from the newspapers, I look at it because I have an interest in terms of what I'm going to talk about and where I want to shine a light on the podcast. I want to talk about things that other people are talking about as well. And I said sometimes I do find it draining, but I do look into it and I, I try and sort of work out just for my own personal interest. What's actually going on here? and then I can share it with you around this table. I urge you to question, and I urge you to listen to the wording. I've said this to you before. If you're a regular diner at the table, listen to the coulds, the maybes, could possibly be, might be. Listen or read into the wording of how these articles play out, and look for yourself next time you're out and about on the streets. Look at how much life is happening. There was a story this week that said that People are actually urging and demanding that masks are worn in public spaces. Again, I go into my supermarket, I see a handful of people wearing a mask. I see um, in the cinema not a single person wearing a mask. So all these people that are demanding this to happen and demanding action from the government, I don't know where they are. So look for yourself next time you're out and about. Also look at the supermarket shelves. We've talked about the distribution issues. Have a look. Things aren't as bad as what we're, we're told they are. Maybe they will get worse over time time will tell but yeah have actual look on the shelves and see what what you can conjure up and maybe start thinking of some recipes for not just chicken tinners but things from tins or frozen foods and yeah and just don't listen to it all just don't and Like I said, and if you are more interested and want to know more, then have a read of this book, A State of Fear by Laura Dodsworth. I'll put some details in the episode notes of the book and I'll also put some links to some data sources where if you want to just check things out for yourself and think actually you see something on the news and you think, well, how true is this? What's actually going on? Let me do my own comparison. Let me broaden my comparison rather than to select cherry-picked things that are going to help tell a story that and ultimately I suppose that's what journalists and what newspapers tv shows do it's telling a story isn't it and that editor that person who's sharing it will always have their own fears or their own thoughts and feelings and they'll sway that story to to whatever their beliefs are whatever their editor's telling them to put it put it out there so turn inwards have a look and try and keep yourself sane and like I said for me it means that I just have to go and have a look for myself and I think yeah actually that's all right I'm not worried we just can't keep living in a permanent state of crisis batting back forth, okay feel fear okay feel worried feel we're back in crisis again and there's nothing in the data at the moment that suggests we should be approaching a a major crisis so that's what I take from it and I'm going to keep taking that towards Christmas and Again, we have to make our own decisions about what we do next. And like I said, I'm not saying go out there, be reckless. Um, At the same time, you have to make your personal choices about how you live your life and taking risks and life is full of them, isn't it? Um, Yeah, so that's my take on why I don't think Christmas should be cancelled. I really don't. I think that, like I said to you, Christmas can't be cancelled. Christmas will just take care of itself and just don't worry about anything Except for um, being with those people that you love and care about, and um, doing right and being kind to each other, that's peace out, man. I feel like it's all it's all gonna be all right. Now we've talked about it around the table. I'm sure it will be. And if it's not, I'll make it all right. I'll make the choices myself. I would really like to know how you're feeling about it, or maybe you completely disagree with me and you think that I'm wrong on all of this. And I'd like get in touch. Let me know. <music> Well, that's it for this week's table conversation. Thankfully, unlike a Christmas table, there's not horrendous amounts of washing up to do. Hopefully, this conversation hasn't left you with indigestion and in need of a renny. If you'd like some extra servings, then you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and maybe one day even doing a dance routine on TikTok, all at IamCraigStory. As I said, let me know what you've thought about this episode and what your thoughts are about Christmas this year feel free to share this episode and any of the other ones with anyone you know that you think will enjoy joining us here at the table. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll see you here next time. Until then, goodbye.